of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. While Apollos, sorry, you'll probably want to know where this is in the Bible. This is Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 7. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we had not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said to them, Into what, then, were you baptized? They answered him, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about twelve of them. Our gospel reading comes from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 to 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river. They confessed their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I will not be breaking news for me to say that last week a violent insurrection overcame the defenses of our nation's Capitol building. They came armed to invade a joint session of Congress 
to assassinate the vice president by hanging. They brought explosives. They killed a police officer. They seemed to have collaborators in the police force and perhaps in the Pentagon, and these may pose an ongoing threat. The elected officials who were a part of this this movement then reconvened to vote to invalidate democratically selected electors just because they didn't like their votes. They spent a year denying and intentionally spreading plague. And now they want to cut in line for vaccine. They spread rumors with no regard for the consequence. Now to avoid accountability, they confuse the issue by comparing themselves to Black Lives Matter protesters. There's no comparison to be made with any movement affirming the worth of black life to the movement that caused this egregious humiliation of the Capitol last week. And there must be consequences. And we must know the full truth of what happened, how, and why. The removal of the current president right now, yesterday, last week, should be just the unquestioned beginning of this accountability. You see, at the end of the day, five human beings lost their lives in this event. Roseanne Boyland, Benjamin Phillips, Kevin Greeson, Ashley Babbitt, and police, Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, They found senseless deaths. Their lives were ended in chaos. And chaos, it seems, is threatening to overwhelm all that we know and hold dear, even now. The power of sin named its price that day. But the sinners remain unrepentant. time to heal and move on. There's no never forget when you are being implicated in the event. The good news in the face of this tragedy, this senseless, ridiculous, needless violence, is that God has always hovered over the oceans of chaos. We are not abandoned to the powers of violence. Instead, we are freed for creative resistance. This is the first Sunday after Epiphany. Today, we remember the baptism of the Lord Jesus. And there are many powerful images and prophetic spiritual phrases used in today's electionary readings. Reading the texts, you can almost feel the primordial and ancient energies pulsing through the words of scripture. Light, darkness, wind, water, a rip in the sky, all tell us something very important is going to happen. Something big is coming. 
we read of creation, people being filled with the Holy Spirit, being given the gift of tongues and prophecy when they're baptized, the voice of God and the Spirit of God coming down and anointing Jesus when John baptizes him. All of that power and glory is just the beginning. It's as if John the Baptist were trying to tell people that you haven't seen anything yet. Wait till you see the power of the baptism that the Messiah is bringing. The baptism of Jesus, our Messiah, teaches us to be free. It teaches us that we have a choice to respond to a God that hovers over chaos and leaves us not powerless, not helpless, but creative and dangerous to the forces of chaos. The baptism of Jesus is a baptism of fire and the spirit. It's a baptism not just of forgiveness, but of death that leads into transformation and newness of life. The elemental power of water and fire, a celestial dove, an open sky, these spiritual images mean to say to us that great political struggle, change is upon us. These apocalyptic Themes that seem to suggest that the world might be about to end. Whenever you see those in ancient writings, it means that there is a regime change on the horizon. It's a reminder to us that God is still at work. The same God that in the beginning of the Hebrew Bible speaks, saying, Bereshit bara Elohim is the God speaking over Jesus, saying, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. It's God still hovering over the waters of creation. A sign to you, to me, to everyone, that the divine act of creation is still ongoing. But let me take you deeper. If, if, I, if I can and if you're ready, if you can handle it today, because I know that people get set in their ways in religion and you, you get your favorite verse and you get it in your favorite version. Just, just take a deep breath and get ready. I know that you've heard the first verse in Genesis read this way. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I like another reading. It's just a little bit different. It says, when God began creating. That is to say, it's not the story of the beginning of all things. Absolutely everything that there is. But the beginning of God's creating action in the universe as we know it, understand it, perceive it. At least the one that we have gotten to be a part of. The change in language might seem small. You might wonder why does it matter if there was already some matter when God began creating. Well, it matters because it means that 
There was chaos already present when God started bringing it into order to create the heavens and the earth. It means that all of the chaos around us now is just creation that hasn't found its place yet. It's just a little bit of leftover material that's up to us to put right. It's just a little bit of creation that hasn't quite been fully created yet. Have you ever looked in the mirror and just said, it's okay, I'm still a work in progress? That's the difference when there's just a little chaos to begin with. Chaos hasn't found its peace yet. Chaos hasn't found its freedom yet. The grace of being in alignment with the loving will of God and being brought into divine order, it means that when you repent and you are baptized, you are literally turning away from this ancient chaos and the present sin in your life to literally be created anew in the newness of a God that has been waiting on you to get in the water. Yes, God waiting on you. Waiting on repentance. Because repentance, it turns out, is hard to do. The baptism of John represented the forgiveness of sins and the preparation for the, the coming Messiah. But with the prerequisite that you turn your life around ahead of time. That you acknowledge the chaos in your life, the sin in your life, and that you are now able to take on a participatory role in establishing good order that gives life to your whole community. Repentance was required to enter the waters and be washed clean. Now, that doesn't sound good to American ears. That doesn't sound good to congressional ears. See, we're a nation that always wants to forgive and forget injustice. Even while it's still being perpetrated and while the perpetrators remain unrepentant and dry. They don't even want to get in the water. They're not sorry for what they did. They want you to get over it and they might deny that it ever even happened. We are a nation that one might say experienced a death or at least a near-death experience in the Civil War. What we never experienced was a subsequent and identifiable rebirth We've carried on like some sort of zombie state. You see, slavery was never fully abolished. The racial caste system that ensured poor white folk would enjoy relative status and privilege over and above black folk continues to endure to this day. No repentance. Jesus said it like this. How can something be born again if it never truly died? 
Now, how do I know that the nation is unrepentant? Well, some people still think of it as the war of northern aggression, and some people still think the Civil War was about states' rights and don't bother to finish the sentence that it was about the states' rights to own slaves. The nation is unrepentant because there are Confederate flags everywhere. The nation is unrepentant because there are monuments to slaveholders and national traitors all over the country that people still fight to defend because it's their heritage. No country keeps more of its people in jail than America. And of course, the people in bondage now are mostly black and brown. No repentance at all. No acknowledgement that this order is actually just chaos. The kind of chaos that's always been. The kind of chaos that you don't get any credit for living through and putting up institutions around because it was like that when God found it. You don't get any kind of credit. for sustaining and perpetuating that kind of chaos, that sin that crushes the poor, the vulnerable, and the marginalized. And you are not baptized in the spirit. Today, I say that remembering the baptism of Jesus is to acknowledge that we are a nation in need of real repentance. We are a nation that must repent if we expect to see new life. If we expect God to calm the national storm. If we expect a reprieve from this reign of chaos in exchange for the life-giving sustenance of the rain God pours out. God brings order to destructive chaos. God overturns the tables of corrupt order, posing as divine order, justice, and peace. God hovers over the waters of creation. God hovers over the waters of our civil discourse. God hovers over the waters of the racial divide in our country. Waiting on us to step into the water and be baptized in the spirit and take our place as God's hands. Bringing order by creating beloved community and dispelling falsehoods. God leads us to repentance and renewal in defiance of darkness and death. We are living in the dream of God. We are standing waist deep in the waters of chaos today. No, we must be up to our necks now in the rising tides, even at this hour, but don't give up Now, because God, the God of creation, is hovering over you. There are tongues of flame coming down from heavens that have been ripped open. There is a rushing, mighty wind blowing over the face of our nation today. And if you would get in the water, you see, we must be the ones to speak and say, let there be light.
while so many are trying to cover themselves with darkness and confusion, we must be the ones to demand transparency and accountability from all elected officials and anyone who takes an oath of armed service. We are called to participate in the creative work of a God who creates order out of chaos. We are the instruments of God's resistance to chaos. If you are baptized, then today remember that baptism. Remember, if you were baptized in a United Methodist church, that you have vowed to renounce the powers of evil in whatever forms they present themselves. And if you aren't baptized, then let this be an invitation to join a confessing community that holds fast to the belief that chaos is not the ideal state for creation or for our nation. And that is a revolutionary belief to hold because there's far too many people today that believe that chaos is exactly what we need. Confusion, misinformation is run amok. But when we remember our baptism, we say that truth matters. So remember your baptism Remember the ancient waters. Remember what God has done for you. Remember that you are not alone, but you are a part of a creative community. And what we are building will bring life, repentance, renewal, and change and transformation into a world that needs it badly. We're not doing all this for no reason. I don't preach just to hear myself talk. I don't get myself all hot and upset for no reason. We are meant for this. We are on earth for this very moment whenever you read the Bible and see that God is sending God's spirit it is always a time of preparation God takes God's time there's a reason that God separated day and night and there was morning and evening and that was just one day God lets us get ready God isn't rushing you God is prepared for you to take just as long as you need. But if you act now and sooner rather than later, we are all going to have a much better time. And there is no time like the present. So consider right now, what does it mean for you to respond to God's love in the face of this violent culture of unreality. What is your place as a member of this baptized community? What would it take for you to be baptized? Are you ready to get in the water? Are you ready to be moved and transformed by the Spirit? 
because those are the people I need with me to go where God is calling us to go. Those are the people that I need with me to bring the change that God is able to bring about. Those are the people that I need with me to make sure that chaos doesn't reign. Not in our neighborhood. If you're ready, let's go. Amen. I'm so glad that each and every one of you is a part of this ministry. Consider deeply in your heart and spirit what your role is. How your faith leads you to respond to a God that is bringing us into order. A God who tears the heavens to come down to us. Maybe you can't preach like Peter. Maybe you can't pray like Paul. But you can tell somebody that they are loved by Jesus. And that he died for all. You might not have Elon Musk money. Maybe you've got a quarter. Well, that quarter in service of a movement that brings life is worth more than uh, all of Amazon and Apple put together. Maybe you got some extra time today and you can make a phone call to somebody that's lonely. Maybe somebody needs groceries dropped off. Maybe somebody needs prayer. You are equipped and called for this season. Maybe we all need to call our senators, our congresspeople, and ask them what they plan to do about this, uh, this insurrection and how we will make sure that it is not an ongoing problem we all have to deal with. I pray that God speaks to your heart and that you are are led into a a pathway to ministry in which you feel is connected uh, and valuable because you are so valuable. We cannot do what we do without you. Uh, All that being said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, the power and the love of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. I'll see you next week.